Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts episode 245, all about public service loan forgiveness with Nika Booth. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are really honing in and focusing on PSLF, Public Service Loan Forgiveness, because there is a deadline coming up on October 31st, and so many more people qualify for PSLF than have in the past that may even know about it. So if you even remotely think you might be able to benefit from this or are on PSLF or there and there are payments that you don't think qualify, you got to listen to this episode. If you have friends in public service, you got to listen, you got to share. This breaks down a lot of myths, a lot of steps, ways to get approved. It's just a really important episode on PSLF. And Nika knows all about it. She herself is working within that program and is in her own debt payoff journey. So we get to hear (laughs) straight from her Mm -hmm. an explanation on it, the things that we need to be aware of. So if you're all confused by this, but you think you might be eligible Let's do it. Let's talk about it. And if you're a teacher, hang out with us until like the very end, 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 end of the episode because Nika shared more off the recording that we'll summarize for you. Absolutely. But first, this episode is brought to you by hearing your bill of the week. So we air every bill of the week we get, and that's a lot. And even the bill in our early days, you remember this, Jill, that just went, who dis? Yes. (laughs) I love that one. Because of that, it can take a little while to hear yours, sometimes six months. But if you don't want to wait, we now have a way for you to skip the line by throwing money at the problem. I mean, taking us out to coffee. (laughs) You don't even have to be there for the coffee. Actually, you probably won't be there for the coffee. But by joining our Patreon for $5 a month, you get priority placement for your bill of the week. And not only that, you also get a bonus member episode every month where you ask us the questions uh, like our first question that we got, what are Jill's favorite frugal smoothie (gasps) recipes? Can't wait to talk about that one. And you'll get a free Frugal Friends bumper sticker. So if you love Frugal Friends podcast and you want extra perks from the show, then join the fun at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash Patreon. Love it. What a cool, Mm -hmm. fun, low-cost way of getting more if you want more. Absolutely. And who doesn't always want more? Mm. Aside the fact from where we're trying to teach you contentment and to reject the notion that more is better. But here, more actually is better. (laughs) So if you are not super familiar with PSLF, we're not going to go into the nuts and bolts of it. So we have a few other episodes that talk about that. We've got episode 13, which is how to save on student loans, where we go into a lot of the student loan forgiveness, refinancing, paying off student loans. And then we have episode 50 uh, with Travis Hornsby. And that's about that's 
the full breadth of, of public service loan forgiveness as it has been for the last several years. Um, in the last year and a half, there have been some waivers that have updated it. And that is what we're diving into in this episode. So definitely episode 13 and 50. Those are good to, to listen to after this if you want more comprehensive knowledge. But with Nika, we're talking about the really pertinent updates uh, that expire October 31st. And there is literally no better person to talk about them than Nika Booth. She is an award-winning debt expert, personal finance content creator. She's fire on Instagram. And she's the founder of Debt Free Gonna Be. You can find her on Instagram at Debt Free Gonna Be. So she is currently paying off her student loans. She has already paid off $80,000 of credit card and um, tax debt. And now she is working on getting her student loans forgiven because she has worked um, for the federal government for 12 years. So she's already worked so hard to pay off so much debt as a single woman. And now she's helping others to get as much loan forgiveness as possible. And through her great research, we hope you will benefit. Nika's awesome. Let's learn more from her. Nika, welcome back to the Frugal Friends. What's up? Thank you for having me. Again, we are so thrilled yes. to be chatting with you. You brought so much to the table and to our listeners last time. So we couldn't not have you back again, especially to talk about such an important topic that can be so confusing and convoluted for so many. And I think you can break down these concepts in a really relatable way. So excited to get into it. Let's do it. Mm hmm. So let's start let's start there with the complicated complex part of it. Can you speak to this like in your estimation how complex is student loan debt as far as terms, costs, rates, program rules, current statuses like how complex would you say student loan debt is? Extremely. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I was in a, a, co a coaching session with one of my clients not long ago um, who is pursuing the borrower defense repayment program uh, for defaulted students um, who has been misrepresented, misrepresented um, by their colleges and universities. And there are 14 different repayment plans. 14. That's a lot. That's just with repayment plans. Exactly. Um, so I understand just with that alone, why there's so much confusion um, around student loans and around the updates and the announcements that continue to come out seemingly every week or every month about student loans and why people are so confused. And it's hard to tell, well, do I need to pay attention to, the, to this? Does this qualify? You know, does this apply to me? Does this not apply to me? Or does it apply to someone that I know? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are new things coming up every year. And I think with the pandemic, it just, it kind of really messed. I feel like it messed things up. And I've been so out of writing about student loans for such a long time that I feel like I know nothing now. So what are what are the updates to specifically so specifically we want to talk about public service loan forgiveness because that's sure. the one with the that has like a pending deadline. Um, so yes. what are the updates to PSLF that people should be aware of right now, um, and how do people know if those updates affect them? Absolutely. So the updates. Uh related to PSLF are outlined in what's called a PSLF limited waiver. So last year in October, the Department of Education announced this once in a lifetime limited opportunity to basically help propel or push people towards PSLF, like actually getting their loans forgiven. And this is because in previous years, like the approval rate was just absolutely ridiculous. It was anywhere between one and 2% of people who actually qualified for PSLF being denied. So the department is removing the red tape. They're offering these kind of like retroactive credits towards the payment requirement for PSLF. So they're allowing prior periods of repayment, whether you made a payment or not, 
whether, and so that means if your payment was zero, including during the pandemic, right? Not making a payment counts toward the payment requirements for PSLF. They're also allowing you to get credit if you made a lump sum payment, a partial payment, or the payment was even late. So under the regular rules of PSLF, you have to make a payment. You have to make your minimum monthly payment within 15 days of your due date. Anytime you fall out of those 15 days, even though you make that payment and you satisfy the minimum payment that's due, it doesn't qualify for PSLF, which is just completely ridiculous. Um, And so they're allowing late payments, so to speak, to apply towards the payment count. In addition to that, they're also allowing periods of forbearance, which is a game changer. And this wasn't originally included in the PSLF waiver. This was something that came out later. Actually, I think it came out this year. Um, But they're allowing a minimum of 12 months in forbearance to count towards the payment requirement in addition up to three months. So, I mean, I'm sorry, no more than 36 months. So it's a 12 12 month minimum, no more than three year maximum. Hmm. Okay. In addition to that, they're also allowing periods of deferment, any deferment, military deferment, but not in school deferment to also count towards the payment requirement for PSLF. Wow. It sounds like so that's big extra. It is. It's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's one more thing. Let's say you let's say you're still working or you're no longer working in public service, but you had years in public service. You were denied for PSLF. They're re-reviewing and almost automatically giving people forgiveness for their time spent, even if you can even if you made payments. Uh, that qualify for PSLF, but consolidated. They're also allowing you to get payment credit for that. And it's crazy because shortly after that announcement was made in October of last year, I had a coworker who said, all right, I'm going to put my payment in. He had been in federal service for over 10 years. This man received checks from the Department of Treasury, just money back as a refund for overpayment Hmm. with, you know, because he met the employer the employer, you know, qualification. That's the one thing that hasn't changed under the waiver, though. You still have to have employment um, for a public service organization. Mm-hmm. Okay. Under PSLF. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And and the 10 year mark is still. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. It's still, okay. absolutely. Yeah. It has to be 120 payments, but it, they don't have to be consecutive payments. That's helpful. So it Great. could be more than 10 years for people. So if somebody has left one of these, they, they find out, oh, previous employment is applicable, then how do they go about getting that verified? Or what if the what if the nonprofit or even my, our friend worked at a charter school that no longer longer exists anymore? Like, is there a way for them to get credit for that? Yeah, and that's the tricky part. Um, so I haven't ha- had that experience or dealt with anyone who couldn't get a signature. But what I have seen in my research is that you can actually certify your own employment. They just make, yes. So in, so you would do the same thing. So you would utilize the form. It's called like the public, it's called PSLF or temporary expanded PSLF. Uh, It's the same application or a form that you would use to certify your employment. So you would just follow the steps along the application. You would, you know, uh, input your own personal information and then your dates of employment. And then you would actually sign it both as the borrower and the person who certified. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should be going out here to certify, you know, being their own qualifying employer on their mm-hmm. certification form. But if you find that you can't find a coworker or anyone in your organization to sign, you can sign if you're the, say, only person who's available to actually certify your employment. But be prepared because the Department of Education will ask for additional information or documentation to help verify that this was something that took place. Yeah, surely. And if you have like a tax return with that on there, too. Yeah, Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic to know. And so when are the deadlines for people to fulfill these um, these new updates? Yesterday. (laughs) it's it's october 31st it's october 31st and i just want people to kind of you know 
maintain their expectations or manage their expectations because there is a lot that is taking place within the Department of Education. They are still moving borrowers uh, from FedLoan, who was once was the only servicer for PSLF, who is now, they are now moving borrowers to Mohila, the, the last little bit, because I'm in that group. You know, there's a lot going on and there are other changes outside of PSLF that are taking place. So when you submit your paperwork before October 31st, um, it is going to take some time for you to receive that initial letter that says that they've received your information and even more time before you actually get the next letter that talks about um, these are your payment counts to date, you know, and reminding you to make sure you certify your employment on a yearly basis so that they can keep counting your payments towards PSLF. Wow, that's great. What have you seen, Nika, regarding some of the most common reasons that people would get rejected for PSLF? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost is not actually working for a qualifying employer. So, for example, um, you would think people in public service roles such as doctors or nurses or even law enforcement would automatically qualify for public service loan forgiveness because they're in public service. But it's not the role that qualifies you. It's the organization that qualifies you. So it is possible to be working in public service but be working for a, a for-profit organization, which wouldn't qualify for PSLF. So unfortunately, I've seen people not utilize the PSLF help tool on studentaid.gov or the, the new employer search tool that they have where you can actually search. They've like expanded this database and it's, it's way better than what it was in years prior. People aren't using that to help them determine whether or not they qualify for uh, their employer qualifies for PSLF. And they're not asking their employer, hey, what's our tax status? You know, does the IRS consider us to be a not-for-profit organization? Um, and so that's the number one thing. So people have been submitting applications, assuming they qualify, and then they don't. And they're mm. getting that rejection letter. The other common reason that I've seen, I've seen a lot of people be so upset about this, and it's trivial, but I also understand. When you are signing your form. There are two places to sign. The person who is certifying your employment, which is usually someone who works at your organization, and then you, the borrower, have to sign. Well, as, as Jen said, COVID kind of changed things, right? So a lot of people are remote. There's no going into an office for a lot of people. But the signatures have to be wet signatures. So they have to be actually drawn on. It cannot be typed, you know, you, you know, you can find these fonts that mm -hmm. kind of look like their signatures. You can't string your name together with that font and assume that it's going to be OK. Um, and it can't be like a digital stamp or like a signature certificate. Like a lot of people who work in public service also like work in these organizations where they have digital signatures built into the to their daily work that they do. That is a no go. Uh, you will get rejected. And actually, I was one who got rejected. When I first submitted, when I submitted right after the waiver was announced, um, because I work for the federal government, we use digital signatures all the time and that they're considered legit, right? Yeah. Um, you have to type in this code and everything in order to apply your digital signature. And the Department of Education was like, absolutely not. Uh, so make sure yeah. the signature is wet, either actually drawn on, you know, these days you can take a picture with your camera phone up, up you know, to, to scan, so to speak. Or it can be a drawn on, um, it can be, a, the signature can be on a piece of paper that's been uploaded and then placed in the signature place, but it just cannot be any type of stamp or typed signature. So bizarre. Yeah. That, and that <laughs> is something I would have never thought about. Like, of course, yes, I'm going to check my organization, make sure it's got the right tax status. I would never think that you could not use a digital signature. Would not especially have my mind. this this year, 2022. Exactly. 2022. What what, yeah. uh, what has transpired yeah. and where we are with technology. Absolutely. But that's super mm -hmm. helpful. I could see that being a barrier for people in just all of these things to check off and know and research. And you're certainly breaking it down and helping us understand it more. But like, would you say it's worth it, Nika, to kind of understand this, to do the thing, to be calling, getting wet signatures with the yeah. potential of rejection? Is it worth it? 
it's worth it. It's worth it more now than it was before. Like I said, the the uh, approval rate was absolutely grim. This, you know, politics aside, you know, every administration has its thing, but this administration has the right people in place to help get borrowers out of student loan debt one way or another. And what we notice up until this point, they're really using existing programs, existing legislature to try mm-hmm. to push people closer to forgiveness. So I definitely think it's worth it. Listen, I actually stopped certifying my employment because of how grim their approval rates were. I've been in public service for 12 years now, and I am probably a year or less away from having my loans forgiven because of this waiver. Wow. It's absolutely worth it. Worth it. Even if you don't, even if you submit your application and you won't have 120 qualifying payments. That's fine. If you're still in public service and you don't see yourself leaving, take it, leaving at least anytime soon, take advantage of this waiver. This waiver has the potential. I mean, it's changing lives. It already has changed lives. So I absolutely think it's worth pursuing. This this might be a silly question or already embedded in what you've said. I don't know much about Mm -hmm. PSLF, uh, sure. But if I were a person in year six, seven, eight, nine of working in public service, are you saying I could go if I had not done any of the paperwork up till that point, could I go back and verify my employment and do all you the sure paperwork can. now and have the previous six, seven, eight, nine years count towards the you 10 sure year can. requirement? Absolutely. Okay. You sure can. Wow. And the one thing I do want to just point out, though, is that in my case, I've had the same employer. So certifying has been easy. I can certify, you know, those 12 years for one employer. But if you've had multiple qualifying employers through whatever time that you've been in public service, you do need a form for each of those employers. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would be the only, and a wet signature. A wet, a wet <laughs> So you're going to need to find a fax machine <laughs> and a copy Yeah. I mean, well, here's the cool thing. They even have online fax machines now. So they, they you do. Know, I mean, they do. Like technology mm-hmm. is insane these days, you know? So there's yes. a lot that you can still do without having to physically leave your home, mm-hmm. which I couldn't, I mean, talk about a barrier. If you actually had to leave your home to get somebody to sign a form and then go to uh, Kinko's or something to to fax. Yeah, I don't leave my home anymore. No, for what? (laughs) I do whenever I need to fax the IRS something. I do go to Staples. (laughs) Absolutely. Just because I don't I don't trust anything when it comes to the IRS. Fax the Mm -hmm. IRS things? Mm -hmm. Oh, you have to. You either mail it or fax it. Okay, yeah. I I mailed my recent thing to the IRS. Yeah. Yeah. I don't trust the mail even. With the IRS. Yeah. It's the IRS I don't trust. Anyways. uh, Okay. So let's let's recap the updates that people should be aware of. Mm -hmm. So it's the 12 to 36 months of forbearance. You got it. Minimum 12 months of forbearance. Correct. Okay. Yes. Cumulative 36 months. Okay. Deferment. Mm -hmm. Is that, does that have a minimum maximum? Nope. Uh, It's the same. Excuse me. It's the same min max as the forbearance, except for in school deferment. In school deferment does not apply. So that is if you are, let's say you're you have loans already and you're pursuing a graduate degree and your loans are in deferment because you're enrolled in school at least half time. That period of time does not count. Okay. Uh, Late payments. And are people able to see which payments are late in their loan servicer website? So that's the tricky part about that. Okay. All right. And don't don't forget where you are uh, so, so that we can come back to, to the update. So okay. for people who have had FedLoan or Mohila, it'll be easier to keep track of your PSLF progress. And those dashboards, they actually break down your loan details like most servicers, like all servicers do. But you can also see which payments are qualifying, which payments are eligible, and we can talk about the difference between the two. Um, and then what, you know, when you were in these things, like, so when you were in forbearance or when you were in deferment, and you can see the type of forbearance and deferment you you were in. And so you can keep track of, um, they've got these progress bars um, that you can see, like you can, like a, a great snapshot to be able to see, okay, out of 120 payments, I have 100 or whatever the case may be. Unfortunately, it's different 
when those, when FedLoan or Mohila are not your loan servicer, you're basically waiting on a letter. Hmm. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, like, I had Navient. Okay. So, Navient would have to send me a letter and tell me which payments are late? Your letter would not come from Navient. Your letter would come from public service loan for the PSLF loan service administrator. So in this okay. case, it would be Mohila now. Okay. That's who would get that info, who would give you that information. So it's even but more she, important to do this as soon as possible because you're going to need a letter too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now to, to go back and answer your question, Navient may actually, should, you will be able to see if you paid a payment late, but I don't think they would capture it as uh, PSLF late payment. Yeah. It would just be your general, you know, your general payment. But hopefully everyone was on Fed loan yeah. anyways, because that was the only servicer. That was prior. the only servicer. Okay. Yeah. But there, but so, not everyone was. So unfortunately yeah. they were waiting. Yeah. They were waiting. And they okay. some of people are still waiting because not everyone under PSLF went to Mohila, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. So ideally best case scenario world, <laughs> you were on Fed loan and Fed loan should tell you if a payment is you said eligible yep. or or qualified. qualifying. So, okay. Yeah. What's the difference? Again, like Jill, we were already talking about how confusing all of this <laughs> is. So <laughs> like, and now they, right. It's complex. And so now they've got these different terms, even within mm. the public service loan forgiveness program. So a qualifying payment is a payment that has been counted towards your uh, 120 payment requirement. Okay. An eligible payment is a payment that can become qualified. Like it meets all these other criteria. It was on time or under the under the waiver. It doesn't matter if it was on time or not. And I think I forgot something else, honestly, uh, but I'll come back to that. But what the eligible payment is missing is your qualifying employer certification. It's that wet so under, signature. That wet signature. So <laughs> under, under PSLF, um, you know, you have to make these qualifying payments. Um, but you also have to uh, yearly recertify your employment to ensure that you are still working for a qualified employer in order for those mm -hmm. payments to count. So oftentimes what uh, borrowers will see is that they've got a qualifying payment count of one thing, but an eligible payment count of another. And if they're just waiting to get updated employer information to be able to make those eligible payments qualifying. 
Bingo. All right. So we're looking for the word qualified. We're looking Uh for the word qualified. Now, if you have a dash, if you're, if you have Mohila and within your dashboard, you see eligible payments and they're waiting for your employer certification and you have not submitted this form, submit it. Mm. Yesterday. Yesterday. (laughs) Can I go back to the other thing that I forgot under the the waiver? Yeah. Yeah. And this is key too, um, because this is something that I, I get to, I was able to benefit from. So under the regular rules of PSLF, you have to be in specific, uh, a specific repayment plan. You have to be in an income-driven repayment plan. And let, and if you're not, then again, that payment also does not count towards PSLF. Under the waiver, you can be under any repayment plan. Ooh. Any. Hot so dog. when I was talking about wow. how, I, yeah, exactly. So when I was talking about me not certifying my employment for years because of the approval rate, I essentially kind of dropped out of PSLF because the repayment plans they that I needed to be in for PSLF, I couldn't afford them. So I had to go to oh, yeah. the, the repayment plan that I could afford because if if I had to stick with their repay, their repayment plan, my payment was a thousand plus dollars a month. I couldn't afford that at the time. That's so yes, crazy. this game changer. Income driven repayment. Income driven. You think it would be the most affordable. Exactly. Wow. And I'm sure you are not the only one that ha- that could not afford oh. to do PSLF. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's insane. Like intentionally. I never difficult. thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's oh my what gosh. I, that's what I mean. Okay, that's helpful. Yeah. So take the opportunity. I, like I've been talking about this. You've seen it. I've been talking about this ad nauseum. Take the opportunity. Get your certification form in by October 31st. You just never know. You at least take, I mean, this is basically yeah. free, you know, I don't want to say it's free money or, you know, free credit, but essentially it is. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you weren't making a payment at all. Yeah. 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 I mean, not without costing you something. You're working in public sure. service for 10 years making yeah. payments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk about a yeah. pay cut. <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. So, okay. So we've got the late payments. Mm-hmm. Now we know even if you weren't in IDR, you can still get that. And even if you hadn't certified employment before, you yes. can now back certify. Absolutely. Any other that we forgot in the recap? Um, I think I think that's majority of it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's I think that's majority of it. But that's Those very comprehensive. I think yeah. that's enough to say there's enough changes to it that makes it worth it to at least try. Absolutely. To at least try. And mm-hmm. the approval rating's gone up so drastically oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that it is worth trying. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah. And so this I've is got- definitely one, like, even if you don't have federal student loans right now, go share this with somebody who might share mm-hmm. this on your Facebook, share this everywhere, mm-hmm. Tra- like save a life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cause it is truly life-changing. You know, yeah. we, we've talked about student loans before and, and, you know, you've done, you've done research, you know, student loans are suffocating. They're crippling. They, yeah. there are people who haven't been able to do things like start a family, buy a home, mm-hmm. retire even. Um, so, you know, this has an opportunity as well as the other changes that are coming to student loans have the opportunity to really, really give people that, that leg up that they need to be able to do regular human things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So I have one more question mm-hmm. for you. Um, and it's about the new student loan forgiveness plan. How oh, yeah. does that interact with PSLF? Well, it kind of, it does and it doesn't. Like they're independent programs, right? Mm-hmm. So if you qualify for both, you get both. Uh, one's going to happen sooner than the other for a lot of people. So the ten dollars to $20,000 forgiveness that was announced in August will probably happen, you know, within the next few months before any PSLF forgiveness, you know, it takes place, especially as the, the Department of Education rushes to roll out that forgiveness, plus close the deadline for the waiver and all the, and then roll out all the other changes. And not, don't forget, payments are resuming January 1st. So the payment mm-hmm. pause and the interest waiver expire on December and, 31st. And we know they're resuming January 1st. There's no ambiguity this time. No, amb- no ambiguity whatsoever. So they are definitely resuming in January. Um, so there's going to be a lot, there's going to be a lot of movement taking place. Um, so 
the forgiveness, the 10 to 20K will probably happen first. So it just means that if, you know, if you do pursue PSLF and you get public service loan forgiveness, you just may have 10 to $20,000 less of uh, outstanding balance that needs to be uh, forgiven. That's the only, that's the only thing. Cool. They are truly independent of one another. And this loan forgiveness, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, still like taxes are forgiven as well, just like PSLF. Yes and no. So on a federal standpoint, you will not be taxed. So the IRS will not be coming for your loan forgiveness. They will not be considering this uh, uh, loan forgiveness as taxable income. However, there are some states, there are some states that will tax student loan forgiveness, any student loan forgiveness. Any, so PSLF and the new student loan. Correct. Yeah. And I don't have, I don't have that data here. I do have some, some resources on my, on my Instagram page, but I don't have those resources right here where I can actually say who will and who won't. But I will say that there have been states, at least I know we're talking about PSLF, but at least with the other student loan forgiveness plan, they have come out and said that they've changed their tax law and they won't be um, imposing a state income tax. So that's good. So hopefully more states, you know, kind of follow suit. Okay. So, but this isn't one where you would avoid the 10 to 20 forgiveness in order to prefer the PSL. Okay. I think the most, uh, I think at the time, Hawaii was probably uh, the state that was going to have the most in tax liability at like a thousand dollars, again, a thousand dollars in comparison. Ooh, yeah. And then they've announced that they're not going to tax. So there's that. So just take advantage of all of it. Take advantage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And is there a deadline? There is a deadline for the new student loan forgiveness plan, correct? There is. So um, there's a couple. One's kind of arbitrary, but uh, the application should be available in October. It'll probably be available on the studentaid.gov website. Um, so definitely, you know, keep your eye out for that. Um, the deadline to apply for that forgiveness, if you have to apply, actually isn't until um, December 31st of 2023. Okay. But forgiveness, the Department of Education is saying forgiveness takes about four to six weeks for it to be reflected in a, on a borrower's account. So if you want the forgiveness before the end of the year, you should apply by November 15th. So okay. application comes out in October, apply by November 15th if you have to, if you have to apply um, by November 15th to see it before the end of the year. And then the regular, you know, deadline for it is December 31st of 2023. Okay. But if you don't need it by the end of the year, then really anytime, yeah. anytime. in next year. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. And any wet signatures needed for that one? No wet signatures needed <laughs> for that one. <laughs> Great to hear. You know what else doesn't need a wet signature? And we'll take this year, next year, and the following year and beyond. Digital. Anytime. I don't care what form. The, the Bill, Bill of the, of the Week. week. for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Nika, every week we invite our listeners, our guests to share with us their Bill of the Week. And we would love to hear yours. Oh, okay, cool. So my bill of the week is a medical bill. So earlier this year, so I have a health savings plan, a health savings account. So earlier this year, I actually had to go to the ER because I was having like some serious heart palpitations. Like I was like, am I in here having a heart attack? Do I need to go to the hospital? It's crazy. Anyway, saying all that to say, my HSA wasn't funded and I hadn't met my deductible for the year yet. So all of a sudden after, like I got a flood of bills from the hospital, from the cardiologist to the residents that met me in the ER. Like anyway, I just shook your hand and sent you a bill. I mean, seriously. So I finally (laughs) paid that bill off. I mean, it was thousands of dollars. I finally paid that bill off. So that is my bill of the week. And I will say that I am feeling much better and my heart is under control. 
<laughs> wow. This PSLF stuff and the student loan stuff probably isn't doing anything it's to help it. me out. <laughs> after October 31st, I think you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, in the midst of all this other debt, having paid off this medical bill is such an accomplishment. Well done, Nika. Yeah. Thank you so yes. much. And I'm so glad to hear that you're feeling better. That's so scary. Yeah. It was stress, uh-huh. stress and caffeine. Oh. They were like, nope, you got to cut them both out. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, to the, no to cutting out caffeine. Yes to cutting out stress. <laughs> <laughs> that is a recommendation I can take from the doctor. Yeah. No stress, <laughs> I eat. <laughs> I guess if you don't have any stress, maybe you don't need caffeine as much. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. I I've cut down on my stress because I also I get seizures when I'm stressed. Do you? Um, and I've cut down on my stress, but I see you with my coffee. coffee cup in the in the air. Listen, as soon as we're done, I'm gonna go make me a, a nice cup of decaf coffee. Oh, <laughs> oh trick yourself. Mm. (laughs) oh if you all listening have a bill that you want to submit if it's about paying off medical bills not paying medical bills (laughs) whatever it is visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill leave us your bill started talking about this incident drugs and uh, officials cover up (laughs) you couldn't believe it from iheart podcasts like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for the lightning round. The lightning round. Pew, pew. All right. In today's vulnerability segment. I don't know why vulnerability and lightning go together, but we we ask that question every week and we never change it. So what's I love it. Uh, there there we go. All right. So today we're gonna talk about biggest struggle in paying back student loans. Mm-hmm. Biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. And Nico, we will we will let you go first as our guest mm-hmm. and as the person who's most who's closest to this. Yeah. Because you will have the best insight. Mm-hmm. You ready? I'm so ready. It's the interest. <sighs> the interest is the biggest struggle. I shared on Instagram not long ago a post-it note about how much interest my student loans accrue every single day. And when I tell you this number, you're going to be like, what? Okay, I'm, I'm sitting. Tw- you ready? Mm-hmm. $25 and I think like 14 cents. Every Every single day. day. Now, that's not even the part that hurts the most. The part that hurts the most is my minimum monthly payment doesn't cover the interest that accrues. 
So there's always outstanding interest that then capitalizes. And for anyone who doesn't know, capitalize means it's added back on, it's added onto Mm -hmm. the principal loan balance. And then it continues to accrue interest day after day after day. So that daily number goes up. That daily number essentially goes up. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is so exploitive. I can't even. This is why... This is why I people are still in student loan debt. Mm-hmm. I had that before when I was when I was just paying the minimum before we got married, so I could pay for the wedding, and then we then we focus on paying off the student loans. I was paying the minimum; it did not cover the interest. Gosh, I think the I think the minimum payment because I was making so little was like thirty four dollars a month. That's what the minimum. Mm-hmm. Pay, I was mm-hmm. like, that's maybe a week of interest. Yeah. So. Yeah, they do that um, intentionally. That's yeah. not an accident because no other financial product will let you do that. Correct. This is the only financial product, financial loan product yeah. where this occurs. Now, I will say kudos again to the changes that are coming to student loans. Part of the new rule that's going to be implemented in July of next year is actually going to limit interest capitalization events. So if you come in and out of forbearance, that's typically when your interest is capitalized or uh, once you come out of school, they're going to minimize that amount. So that is also going to be another game changer that's going to help people tackle their student loan principal faster and, and, and more effectively than being, you know, basically covered and suffocating in all of this interest where your payment only knocks off a dollar or some change in some change off of your mm-hmm. principal every time you make a payment. Yeah. And unfortunately that's thanks to the exploitative practices of mm-hmm. former loan servicers that would encourage people to go into forbearance and deferment mm-hmm. to uh, increase the life life cycle of that person's debt and, yeah. and ex- like keeping them as a customer essentially. They were very much profit over people, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So but thankfully, it's it's changing. So yeah. future borrowers don't have to go through that. Yeah. But yeah, it was very exploitative. And it's things where you're like, of course, I won't take out a payday loan. I know that that's a bad financial choice. Mm-hmm. While the same practices are being like taken out on our like normal young people. So yeah. Really looking forward to change in the student loan space. Mm-hmm. Same for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. 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 And thanks for letting us know what's available to us in the midst oh, of welcome. Yeah. this overwhelm and oh, injustice. It's so angering. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Jill. Okay. You, you go. What, what was your biggest my struggle? My biggest struggle was patience, like my own self mm, being yeah. patient in the process. I felt once I felt the weight of it and was making efforts to pay it back, I felt the weight of it and I just wanted it gone. I think many people can can relate to that. And Absolutely. even hearing you, Nika, share about the interest, it just it it's so heavy and oppressive and debilitating. <laughs> and I think just the even though I was m- taking steps towards paying it off, I just I couldn't get it off of me fast enough. It really oh, yeah. truly felt like a burden and being patient in the process and patient with myself to say, it's okay that this is going to take time. It's almost like once I'm aware of it, I just, I want to solve it immediately, but it just wasn't possible, especially as a, as a social worker making very minimal amounts of money annually. Uh, I was doing the best that I could, but it took years and years. So just the patience along the way was really difficult. But we got there. Mm-hmm. It does happen. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yours was not like a quick success story. It took you like, what, four years? Me? Seven yeah, you years. Guys to pay. Seven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. plus you were you were cash flowing your master's. Yeah. During yeah. That time. And, nice. and we took out a loan for our vehicle, which was our home. Uh, mm-hmm. So all, all of that combined. Yeah. In yeah. with yeah. the student yeah. loans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. Yeah. And oh, doesn't have to be, I paid off a million dollars of debt in two years. Right. Like, oh, yeah. You don't have to have that story. Mm-hmm. No. Go at so, your own yeah. pace. Yes. Yes. 
Speaking of people who have that story, um, <laughs> I think so that kind of plays into my biggest struggle because we paid off $78,000 in two years. Ooh. And I kind of had two biggest struggles. So the, the first was actually in getting started. I didn't think I was capable of paying off more debt than what I made in a year. I just thought, okay, I can't do this. And, and that was really where it stopped because I just didn't think like in my socioeconomic bracket, people like me could pay off that much debt. I thought it was impossible and because nobody around me was doing it. And mm-hmm. I just didn't see the possibilities, mostly because I was very like, I was in kind of like a bubble of people who are exactly like me and nobody was doing anything different. And it really took meeting my husband to like interrupt that line of thinking and let me see a new and different route. And once we got started and we were working together, then we were on fire. Um, and we were a little too on fire, which leads me to my next struggle, which was shame. I felt shit like intense shame for two years for being so dumb to take out so much debt. And that was a lie. I was not dumb. I was 19 years old. (laughs) Um, And I just like didn't know. I was not educated on financial and loan products Mm -hmm. because I didn't get that class in high school on loan products. And nobody would have given me a business or a mortgage loan with that little working at the gap, like with no assets. So it was, it was, I had to truly like come out of that shame to after it was, was not until after we paid off the debt that I came out of it. Um, But I lived in it all two years, the whole time. And it made me less gracious to other people with debt. Mm-hmm. That because so it didn't just affect me and how I felt miserable, but I judged other people, and yeah. that I regret as well. So, so those were the biggest struggles for me. I appreciate your honesty, Jen. Hopefully, that'll be helpful yeah. for others to reject Absolutely. the shame because it can come mm-hmm. internally as well as externally. There's a lot oh, of yes. opinions out there about student loan forgiveness, primarily from people who never had student loans. Isn't that unique? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Placing that or that shame. have paid off their student loans, which is worse, sure. I think. or that went to college and the tuition was way less yes. than it is today. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're uh, so if you've got student loans and you're looking for forgiveness and you want forgiveness, that's your journey. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of us can shut up. <laughs> um, that's I mean, yeah, that's how I feel about it. So, yeah. So uh, just shame in general is never the best, mm-hmm. most beneficial yeah. motivator. So even if others are shaming us, I hope that your story, Jen, can help others to recognize what to reject, what to lean into, Mm -hmm. because it's not beneficial for us or those around us if we are utilizing and and accepting shame as part of the motivator in this process. It's Yeah. My my judgment came from my own insecurity and and guilt and shame. So know that that if you're feeling like the subject of somebody's judgment, that that's pro I mean, I can't guarantee that's where it's coming from, but it most likely is. So it's not your fault or your story. Well, for those who want additional help in this journey and more helpful knowledge on student loan forgiveness, other debt-free information, Nico, where can they get more from you? On the gram, you can connect with me, follow me on Instagram at debtfreegonnabe. That is where I live. You gonna be after all this? <laughs> oh yeah! I can't wait come through for celebration when that. Oh, happens. absolutely! <laughs> oh I'll be God. ready with my my popper, my confetti popper, and yes. everything. Oh yeah! I can't wait. I've I've been envisioning this day for a long time, either through PSLF or tackling my loans on my own. That that was mm-hmm. originally the plan. Once I became credit card debt free, and then the uh, the waiver came out, and I'm like, oh my goodness. If I'm reading this right and I'm, I understand this right, mm-hmm. I'm going to be rid of my student loans. Yes. Yeah. So, Celebrating fantastic. you and cheering you on, Nika. Thank you. 
Thank you, friend. All right. Well, follow Nika's journey at Debt Free Gonna Be on Instagram. And can't wait to have you back on to celebrate. I can't wait. That was so illuminating. Mm -hmm. I, I, so for you and I, and I think we kind of touched on this in the episode, we are debt free. So of course, we're not fully diving into all of these loan forgiveness programs personally, but we recognize Mm -hmm. that many of our listeners are, and this could benefit them. But even from an outsider who, who helps people to pay off debt and understand the resources that are available, this was super helpful for me. And anytime we can have somebody just break down some of the complexities, explain it in a simpler way. I enjoy that. And I think Nika was perfect for that. Really helped me understand what's on the table right now. What should people be paying attention to? And yeah, I imagine that for anyone who is uh, eligible for PSLF, this is super relevant. Yeah. And with our episodes, we always we always think of one person that we're really trying to help as best as possible. Like with our breath of episodes, we're trying to help as many people as possible. But each episode, we want to help one person as much as possible. And I told Dika this before we started recording. I was like, this episode is for my friend, Jessica, our friend, Jessica, (laughs) who is a teacher who's on PSLF, but has some payments that she thinks don't qualify. And I just think I think they have to qualify. And so this is um, you know, this is for her. And so after we got off the recording, she had a few more ideas for our friend, Jessica, the teacher. Um, and so there's something also, if you are a teacher called teacher loan forgiveness, and that's a five-year program. And previously you could not overlap those five years that qualified for the teacher loan forgiveness. You could not overlap those with qualifying payments for PSLF. Now, under the waiver, all five years of those payments count for PSLF. So if you took advantage of that program or want to take advantage of that program, but we're choosing between the two, you no longer have to choose between them. You can use both. She she mentioned anything else, Jill? No, that's that's what I remember. Just mm-hmm. looking into, if you are a teacher, looking into teacher loan forgiveness, in addition to PSLF, you could do both at the same time, which, gosh, if you're a teacher, I mean, take the next day of school off and fill yeah. out these, this paperwork. <laughs> and every teacher's like, no, it's going to be harder for me to take the day off than it would for me to just stay up all night and do paperwork because that's what Jessica says. Yes, get on it though. But yes, I mean, even if you don't think your payments qualify or you can't find, like like our friend Jessica, who's, she worked at a charter school. That charter school doesn't even exist anymore. She has nowhere to go to get a a signature. Self-certify, have as much proof that you actually worked there as possible for when they come question you um, and just try I hope yeah. that's what we're getting yeah. at is however you feel about forgiveness, just go for it. Just try. And and if I can go back to what Nika said, it's worth it. it this is mm-hmm. a lot. Of, yes, it's work. It's extra work. It's paperwork. It's figuring things out. None of us love that. It's life admin. But if you get thousands of dollars knocked off of what you owe, how amazing. So yeah, it's worth it. Take Nika's word for it. Amen. All right, everyone. Thank you so, so much for listening. As you all know, you've been listening to us. You know, we've got a private community where we do monthly money challenges. There's accountability groups there. There's even more community. And we want to congratulate one of our members for a recent win. Debbie shared with us, when I decluttered my PJ, bras, etc., the storage space went from two drawers to one. Just purchased some new items in this category. And because they won't fit in the new smaller space. I did what I always promised myself I will will do, but didn't. One in, one out. Yes, That's my girl, Debbie. Well done with your new rule. (laughs) Yes. Way to stick to it, too. 
Yeah, Go we recently get them. Did that declutter challenge, which, as we all know, when we declutter, it's not just about the stuff. We come across new learnings about ourselves. We can see financial benefits. So that mm-hmm. was a fun, recent, actual, tangible challenge that we did. And congrats, Debbie. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to check out our monthly challenge community, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club to see what challenge we have coming up next. We'd love to have you join us. It's a lot of fun. We'll see you next time. And again, share this episode uh, with whoever you think might benefit from it and fill out that PSLF waiver stuff yesterday. (laughs) Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. All right, Jen, you want to hear about my frugal fail? Okay, let's preface this with saying we record episodes out of order. Mm -hmm. So the frugal, you had a frugal win Mm -hmm. and a frugal fail. Mm -hmm. You asked which one I want to hear first, and I said the frugal win. Mm -hmm. That episode has not come out yet. (laughs) And you said next time I'll share the frugal fail. Yeah. And this is that episode, Mm -hmm. though... It is probably four to five weeks earlier. Well, and you know what? I love that. And here's why. Yeah. It's complex. It's complicated. It's difficult to understand. Just like student loans. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So this is fitting. You might get confused, but here it is. I said frugal win or frugal fail. So wait four more weeks for the frugal win, which is going to sound. Okay. Fail. So... I really like Maduro's food, uh, which is plantains that are fried. It took me a second to remember. It's like, do you like the beer? But that's Modelo. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like Maduro's. I, I can't remember you liking that. We've, you know, there's been times when I have made them myself fully from the plantain. There are times when I will get the frozen bag. Well, recently, I got it in my head that I'm going to make rice and beans because as much as we joke about we don't have to live a rice and beans life, I really enjoy rice and beans. I've learned how to make them pretty, pretty well. And it's so yummy. Uh, and and if I'm feeling extra creative and, and spicy and luxurious, I will also pair that with some Maduro's. Well, recently I had it in my head that, okay, I'm going to make rice and beans this week. I'd love to throw in some of these fried plantains. And I'm going to make it from plantains, real plantains from the produce section. Got the plantains. I'm like, ah, I'm being so good. I'm being so frugal. Got the plantains so inexpensively. (laughs) I'm going to make it myself. Well, the thing about plantains is it's really hard to tell when they are ready to be utilized. And the internet tells you it's great to use them unripened. So I'm like, all right, no matter what stage these plantains are in, I'm going to use them. Slice it open. For anyone who has made fried plantains themselves, you know that they are very different from bananas. They don't peel apart like bananas. It's much more difficult to get the skins off of the plantain. I have done this before and I've done it without injury to myself, but this time around, as I was peeling off, the skin was really not coming off the plantain. So it must have been very unripened, but I was mm-hmm. already so deep into it. The oil was already getting hot. I'm like, we're just going to go for it. We're going to see what happens. Well, I am using my thumbnail to scrape off the skin of the plantain from the flesh of the plantain. And after like a minute of doing this, I'm like, oh, that hurts. Like, plantain skin was getting like shoved up into my nail. So I pull it out. I'm like, all right, I'm done with that. I'm going to scrape it off with a knife. Well, two days later, my thumb is throbbing (gasps) with, I guess, plantain skin that is still lodged in between my thumb and my thumbnail, like, like shards of glass in there, got infected swollen. It like kept me up at night. I could not sleep for two nights straight because my my thumb and also I need my right thumb. I use it for a lot of things. It was like really hard to brush my teeth 
I can't really do much with my left hand. So I, it was it I was a fail. Like, go yeah. the right way. <laughs> no, like, not with my left. Can only get hitchhike with your left your left thumb. <laughs> yeah. And my takeaway, this might not be everyone's takeaway because you might be better at cooking than me, is I'm just going to do the frozen stuff next time. It tastes better and I probably won't get an infection. Uh, but that <laughs> felt like a fail, a really hard fail. And See, I'm that's better why I'm now, such an advocate for frozen days foods. Later. That is yeah. not for me. And I don't even think it saved me that much money. I felt better about myself. Like, oh, I know the ingredients that I'm cooking with. There's no additives here. I'm, I'm being so good. <laughs> Joke's on me. Man. Get a thumb infection. Can't yeah, sleep for an two days. To your thumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it was so rough. Oh, Frugal my gosh. fail. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Um, all over a plantain. I like, know. Here's the thing: my injuries happen in the kitchen. You would think. All of the renovations. We hung drywall on the ceiling that same weekend with a lift that we rented and power tools and things above our head, you would think that that's when I get injured. Nope. Cooking plantains. That's, well, safety that's is a much real... larger concern there. And Eric knows what he's doing. <laughs> Still, well, yeah, technically, but he gets injured too. He, get, he gets injured with the <laughs> renovations that we do. Yeah, he slices yeah. himself. He does. He cuts arteries. It's really oh, God. crazy yeah, right. and insane. <gasps> and then that, the other time, you know, my like classic story way back in the archives of the medical thing that happened to me when we were, had our renovations yes. business. Oh, my gosh. And I should have gotten stitches, but I didn't. That was during a renovation, but it was when I was cleaning dishes. Like the glass broke yeah. in the bathroom sink, sliced me up, almost fainted. Wow. Sti did my own stitching with super glue. And see, this is what happens when you try things. <laughs> this is what happens when you try and like be in the kitchen. I shouldn't be there. Yeah. The no, you should just like stop trying and just take the easier way out frozen <laughs> foods don't do the dishes get frozen food mm -hmm. yeah that's the moral of this story is <sighs> stop trying so hard <laughs> and that's the brand of frugality i promote <laughs> i'm here for it <laughs> less frugal fails yeah <laughs> bye it's brand new season two I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bedeira. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 